The following is general advice only and should not be construed as accounting, legal, or any other professional advice. The details of your situation are fact-dependent and you are advised to seek the help of a competent professional. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to CPA Reviewed, the official podcast of Another71.com, the most visited CPA exam site on the internet. Today is Tuesday, September 23rd, 2014. As always, I am your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas. Happy Tuesday to you. All right, so we haven't done a podcast in quite a long time, and... That is mostly just due to my laziness. I've been working on other projects on the Ninja book. and uh, But I'm like, I really like doing the podcast, so I need to start doing more podcasts. So here we go. We're back. Since the last podcast, which was on July 22nd, a lot has happened. We've had Labor Day. We had the Apple announcement, which if you were watching live like I was, had much technical difficulties, but it delivered the the Apple Watch or the iWatch, whatever you want to call it, which I will be getting one. And also the new U2 album. (laughs) If you're a U2 fan, as I am, you have been enjoying that, hopefully. Although it kind of feels weird because since the album was free, it's like... I don't appreciate it as much, probably. That's kind of a weird thing. So it's like if if someone gives you something, you don't appreciate it and treat it as nicely (laughs) as much as if you bought it yourself. So I'm not treating those MP3 files quite as nicely and taking quite as good care of them as if I had gone and purchased the uh, CD. (laughs) If you've been to to a big box retail store lately, you've probably noticed they don't sell too many CDs anymore. And also the score release happened. I think the reason why I missed the podcast is because I can just go off on random tangents that probably only I care about. So the score releases happened and they went off without a hitch for the most part, except for the final one. And so the the powers that be, they have their targeted date. But the worst kept secret in the industry is that that's not the actual date. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the actual date is when the first score gets released. And so the ninjas, we have this uh, proprietary formula, which is target date minus one business day. Now, I've I've patented that and you can't steal it. But... um, Target a day minus one business day. And so on September 8th, it looked like the the ninja streak, which was over two years old, of of, of nailing the predicted date <laughs> with the super secret formula was going to come to an end and uh, people were uh, starting to freak out and and get worried. If you can imagine CPA Canada's freaking out, it's it's uh it's hard to imagine, I'm sure. Only only people who have never actually been through 
a score release where their score was on the line can understand, I think. Um, there's a lot of – there's some other uh, accounting and CPA exam writers out there who have not taken the exam, and so it's easy to poke fun at how crazy CPA exam candidates can be. But uh, since I was once in their shoes and once um, went to extreme lengths to find out my score, such as, okay – I figured out that this is the phone extension for this person at NASBA who is responsible for these couple of states. So I, call, I will call them and say, hey, I'm really wanting to know about my score. Can you just kind of give, give me a wink over the phone? Because I need to know if I need to postpone my vacation or whatever because I need to study. And they're like, sorry, sir, we can't, blah, blah, blah. So I, so I will dial the next number down the line. Hey, man, I'm you know, and really dire straits here. I need to figure it out. Can you just kind of help me out? Sorry, sir, blah, blah. But then you get to like the third or fourth person. They're like, well, let's just say you can go ahead and have fun on that vacation. I'm like, <laughs> so um, I understand the, the frenzy. Now, I don't know if that will work anymore. And um, I don't condone doing that. <laughs> it's just what I did. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, Score releases came out. Ninjas hit the date. Um, something interesting that's happened is people... So Ninja MCQ came out in April or so. And it's had a couple of of uh, testing windows. See, a couple of testing windows. Yeah. So April, May, and then July and August to see... Okay. I did, I did, Ninja, MCQ, I did Ninja MCQ. How did it translate to the actual exam, and so people on the forum are posting their trending and their average score compared to the actual exam, and for the most part, most people trending towards a passing score ended up passing. Now, some people like will trend 77 and they'll hit 77. Some people will trend 77 and hit 91. Some people will trend 91 and hit 77. <laughs> so, but uh, the long and short of it is that Ninja MCQ is fairly accurate at predicting how you will do on exam day, assuming that you are in at least the adaptive mode and um, and even more so if you are in the review mode, which means if you're in adaptive, that means you have done at least 35% of the questions. And if you're in review, you have done every single question and gotten them correct at least one time. Uh, most people probably do not make the review mode, but it's pretty interesting to see how people are scoring. And um, and thankfully, a lot of people are passing using Ninja MCQ. And so I am quite happy with that. Also, the FAR, uh, Ninja FAR book part one came out last week. Uh, you cannot buy it standalone. <clears throat> um, that, was, that was offered for a short time to uh, some of the 10-point combo people. It's now available as a part of the 10-point combo for FAR and the complete version um part one had over 330 pages so uh ninja part ninja far book part two might there might be a part three but um it's a beast and um, i'm trying to cut it down as much as possible but um there's a lot of information and so far people really like the book people really like the bec book as well and finally uh since november since july 22nd i have not shaved <laughs> I started No Shave November uh, early, like back in June. And so um, uh, 
if I were ever accused of being a CPA, um, pe I, people could take one look at me and know that I am clearly not a CPA because I do not look like one. I look, I look more like, um, it's like not an extra on Duck Dynasty because I think you have to have like a beard down to your belly button for that. But it's like um, maybe I'm the guy who who carries the the camera bag around or something. I mean, I'm I'm on my way. But uh, <laughs> my wife likes it, and I guess that's the most important thing. So, <clears throat> and it's like she doesn't just tolerate it. She's like, "Don't shave." I'm like, "Okay, I won't." <laughs> and so <clears throat> I I follow her instructions in that area. Okay, on today's show, and again, that was random, and you probably did not care, but thank you for humoring me. Um, on today's show, we are going to give away a 10-point combo of the person's choice. So we've had a lot of people write in through Ask Jeff. You can go to another71.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, Ask Jeff, and your question hopefully will appear on a future edition of CPU Reviewed, especially now that I'm doing more podcasts. And, um, and of course... <laughs> Every time I do a podcast, I'm like, I'm going to do more podcasts, but, and then two months pass, but I'm going to do it. I promise. <clears throat> um, so through ask Jeff, or you can hit me up on Facebook. We have the ninjas have over, um, or approaching 36,000 likes on Facebook, which is approximately 35,600 more people, uh, than like me on in real life. So, and also on Twitter, I don't know how many we have on Twitter, like 9,000 9, followers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's probably less. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter and I will read some tweets today. Uh, if, if you watch Jimmy Kimmel live and like his mean tweets, those are quite humorous. Uh, thankfully, people don't really send me mean tweets. I think mostly just because um, they just don't care. <laughs> And, uh, and also, I'm, I'm a nice guy, so why would you ever send me something mean? But so today we will read some nice tweets. All right. Starting off with the Ask Jeff mailbag, Shane writes in, I've been out of business school for 16 years and have family and job responsibilities like everyone else. I'm currently slogging my way through FAR and a question keeps haunting me. Given the testing windows and the 18-month deadline, should I be studying two sections at a time? How can the 18-month deadline be met if I have to take some exams multiple times? First of all, no, you should not be studying for two exams at a time. Um, one of the trade-offs with the computerized CPA exam is that you can take one, ex one exam and then move on to the next one. The old way, you had to take them either all at the same time or two at once, depending on if you had conditioning. But the exam was not as hard, which is blasphemy, I know, to the uh, paper and pencil, walked uphill both ways through the snow to the one-room schoolhouse to take the CPA exam crowd. Uh, the, the exam today is harder. The passing rates are about the same, but there is more information to know. And the, the information just, just keeps growing. So you have more information to know today, uh, but the exam is more convenient. So take advantage of the convenience. Don't take two sections at a time unless 
you just like unless your NTS is, is expiring or your 18 month window is expiring and you're going to give the old college try and throw the proverbial Hail Marys and any other cliches I can toss into this run on sentence, take one exam at a time. 18 month window, honestly, you have to get over it. Everyone faces the 18 month window. How do you, so how do you get over it? Study 20 hours a week. Um, if you're not studying 20 hours a week, you're not really studying. Um, and so hopefully that, hopefully that doesn't sound too um, smart aleck-ish. Honestly, study for one exam, study 20 hours a week, do it right, budget your time. Everyone has to do it. If it was easy, anyone could be a CPA. And if you lose a section due to the 18-month rule, it's not the end of the world. I am living proof of that. I had two straight 74s on regulation. I I lost my FAR credit. FAR is the worst section to lose. I lost it. And hey, I survived. So you will be fine as well. Tom writes in, I'm 27 and have no real-life accounting experience, and I've been working as a temp at a firm for about a year in a position that doesn't really deal with accounting and very little finance. I want to get my CPA, but my accounting knowledge is very low at this point. What do you suggest I do? Do I need to do something to get a base of accounting information? Well, Tom, it doesn't say whether or not you have a bachelor's in accounting. <clears throat> I'm going to assume that you do because otherwise you'd have to get all the education just to take the CPA exam. If, if you do have an undergrad in accounting or something comparable and you want to expand your accounting knowledge, which it's not necessary for the CPA, for the CPA exam because there's economics majors who take and pass the CPA exam. They just happen to meet the educational requirements. And, and so it's not a deal breaker. It just means that you are really going to have to dig into the debits and credits much more thoroughly. But if you want to increase your accounting knowledge on a practical level, I can think of no better way than to go work for a small mom and pop accounting firm or CPA firm. And so right now it's it's September. In about November or so, the CPA firms, or maybe October, the CPA firms are going to be gearing up for their tax season, which means they're going to be going through all of their their training to get to get all the staff up to speed to get ready for tax season. So this probably here in a month or so, is when they will be hiring tax season help. Now, how can you help them? You can go and do, you can crank out tax returns for them. I mean, every tax firm needs people just to crank out um, individual tax returns. And so you can go and do that. And then if, if they're a small firm, then they probably have some small business clients, you know, a a dry cleaning service, a liquor store, a small grocery store that needs their accounting work done and their their quarterlies, their 941s, their 940s, uh, their sales tax, all of that good stuff that they have outsourced to the firm, you can go do tax work and also pick up the slack with, with a couple of clients, do their data entry. And that truly is how you grow your accounting knowledge um, 
from a practical level. So maybe you leave the, the current firm that you're at and go take the plunge and go, go work tax season. I think it will be very eye-opening for you. Tony writes in, I failed far with the 68 and I'm starting to study again for the exam. Should I rewatch the lecture videos or just reread the book, rewrite notes, and practice questions in the test bank? Okay, so you failed far with a 68. That doesn't mean that you are seven, quote, points away. Really, you need to study again from top to bottom. If you... When you watched your, your lecture videos initially, if you took really good notes, then you probably don't need to redo the videos because you have good notes. If you have the videos, then the videos should render the book obsolete because that's the point of the videos. Otherwise, you could, otherwise you could just read the book yourself and save yourself thousands of dollars. So I would not reread the book. So you have your notes. I would rewrite your notes and if you don't have, well, you can continue with whatever, whatever software you have. If you don't have Ninja MCQ, then you should get it. <laughs> of course, I am, uh, I'm not what you would call unbiased. You should get it and because you will know where you stand um, as you head into your exam. If, if you're trending a 65 and you've done 85% of the questions, you're in trouble, most likely. Um, and so the combination of rewriting your notes and working the, the Ninja MCQ, which has the text built in and also the relevant terms and the questions and the simulations and all that, the combination of those, you, you'll know where, you're st where you stand, where you stand, and so I would not rewatch your lecture videos. I would just hit the Ninja MCQs really hard. Amber writes in, I am overwhelmed by all of the review courses out on the market to pass the CPA exam. I'm going to get the 10 point combo and it seems to come with a plethora of information. Uh, plus 10 points to Amber for using plethora. Is that all I need to study? for the four sections, or do I need to get another review above and beyond? Great question, Amber. Yes, there are a myriad of CPA review courses out there. They come in all shapes, sizes, and prices. Now, you have the 10-point combo, which is flexible enough to be used as a supplement, but it's robust enough to be used as a standalone product now that Ninja MCQ is on board. So essentially, you can use Ninja MCQ to replace your video course. And um, well, I should have, the CPA, the CPA review companies who might be listening to this, I doubt they are. <laughs> but if anyone is listening to this, cover your ears because you're not gonna like this. Okay, so earmuffs. Ninja MCQ will replace your video course because what does a video course do? It teaches you concepts and then hopefully they do questions that give you direct exam application. So what does Ninja MCQ do? It teaches you the concepts through 
direct application. So you have a question over bonds and you choose your answer. It tells you, well, it, it gives you the answer explanation. And then there are text links. So you don't know what a serial bond is. And so you click you, you click the, the relevant text and it pops up and it tells you, okay, this is what the question was asking about. Here's the four or five paragraphs that you might want to read about it. Bloop, right there on the screen. And then it has keywords and also usually some authoritative literature citations. So what did Ninja MCQ just replace? Your video course and the corresponding software that goes along with your video course. The difference is you're not paying someone thousands of dollars to read text to you. You're reading it yourself. You're smart. <laughs> you can do that. And, and also, Ninja MCQ, what Ninja MCQ has that the other software packages don't is adaptive learning. And Ninja MCQ will fire off questions targeting your weaker areas as it figures out what you know and what you don't. And so do you need another review course? No, you don't. Now, if you would feel more comfortable buying someone's cram or something, that's perfectly fine. But uh, do you need to go spend $1,500, $2,000, No, you don't. Brennan writes in, what's your advice for the authoritative literature part of the simulations? I'm having a hard time trying to find the right keyword and find the right authoritative literature. Okay, on the exam, yes, you need to know how to work the authoritative literature so that you can competently execute on exam day. Should you spend hours and hours on it? No. What I would do is I would go to the AICPA site and do their practice CPA exam thing. It's, it's got a few multiple choice questions and a practice simulation and a practice research deal. And just practice searching, practice um, using the authoritative literature part and plugging in your your reference and all of that. And if you can, I mean, because who knows what question they're going to give you on exam day. So you can't practice keywords. You just have to know the material from a conceptual level doing the multiple choice questions. And so focus on the multiple choice questions, focus uh, on the simulations a little bit, but really on the multiple choice questions and really understand the information conceptually. And on exam day, just know how to operate the authoritative literature, but don't sweat it. Roman writes in, I'm 10 days away from my first exam, which is auditing. How should I study during these final days? I have the Wiley book and test bank, Ninja flashcards and Ninja blitz. Okay, first of all, I would do, so you're 10 days away, I would do multiple choice questions until your head explodes. And start with your weakest area first and work backwards. I would do ninja flashcards every chance you get. So on your phone, your iPad, your tablet, whatever. And 
You have Ninja Blitz. I would watch, I would watch Ninja, <clears throat> Ninja Blitz several times, at least three times between now and exam day, including the afternoon before your exam. Now, this is your first exam, so this is your first experience with exam day. Some people think or ad- adhere to the belief that you should just kind of the day before and the day of just kind of take it easy, watch a, watch a movie, just relax, don't get too stressed out. I am the opposite. I say work every second and make it count. So literally up until the minute where you get out of your vehicle and walk into the testing center, you're sitting there, you're cramming, you're, you're, you're stuffing stuff in your head so you can go in there and just barf it out on exam day. You can take a break, you can take it easy, you can watch a movie after your exam. Patrick writes in, I'm struggling with FAR, especially journal entries. Do you think your 10-point combo will help me prepare? Well, journal entries seem to cause everyone, or most people, fits with financial accounting and reporting. And really, the only way to get good at them is to understand what's going on at a conceptual level. So how do you do that? Um, You can sort of get to that through multiple choice questions, but really you need to practice simulations. Now, I'm not a huge fan of practicing a ton of simulations. And so what you might do is work some simulations, but like with Ninja MCQ, um, so you asked about the 10-point combo. Ninja MCQ is part of the 10-point combo. Uh, You might... Just read the answer explanations with each simulation, especially the ones that have journal entries. So while you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours working simulations, you can at least read the answer explanations on the ones that have journal entries. Muhammad writes in, I'm struggling with the CPA exam. Should I try to get my CIA instead since it's easier and then go for my CPA later? No, I wouldn't do that. I would stick with the CPA exam because there's really never a good or fun or easy time to study for the CPA exam. It's a hard exam. It's hard now. It will be hard later. Some some diversionary tactic like going out and getting an MBA or another credential instead of the CPA exam won't change the fact that you haven't passed the CPA exam. And it's not comparable um, in the marketplace. And so the fact of the matter is you really just need to buckle down now and get it out of the way. Brian Tracy has a book called Eat That Frog. And it's it's a book on time management. And everyone has a frog And a frog is this big, important thing in your life that you need to do that you don't want to do because it's difficult, but it is important. So instead, what we do is instead of eating our frog, we go around and chase these little tadpoles. Why? Because they are easier and takes less effort and we feel better about ourselves and it's less boring. Well, the CIA or an MBA or whatever might be all of that, but it is not as important and as valuable to your career 
as the CPA exam. So your frog is the CPA exam, and it is time to eat it. Pam writes in, I get very bored during lecture videos and find it hard to retain the information as I just listen to these guys talk for hours. Do you think supplementing my lectures with the Ninja Notes might be a good strategy? I'm wondering if this is a common way to study and if you know if it has worked for others. Well, one way to get over the boredom of lecture videos is to take your own notes. So that creates an environment where you are actively learning because you're staying busy and you are writing things down. You're taking what the instructor says and putting it into your own words. Now, to add the ninja notes to that, that's not really the active learning. What that would be would be more like a, a supplemental cram. So you'd have your own notes and then you would read the ninja notes in lieu of like a um, some sort of a cram video, which is fine and a lot of people do that. Um, I think like tens of thousands of people have bought the Ninja Notes and and it, it has worked for them. But if you're bored and don't want to watch the videos anymore, one thing you might consider is working the, the Ninja MCQ. Now, you asked about the Ninja Notes. Ninja MCQ is a lower priced product and I'm recommending that because the Ninja MCQ, it has all of the components of a video course. It has the questions, the concepts, the keywords, the, the text. So you don't need to have your instructor read the text to you. It's right there on the screen within Ninja MCQ and it is thousands of dollars cheaper. So if the, if the, if the lecture videos are making you not want to study, well, that is a sunk cost. Get rid of them um, and switch to Ninja MCQ. If you've already invested the money in the videos, try to get through them and still take your own notes and then work the questions in Ninja MCQ. Mike writes in, there are no homework questions with my review course, only multiple choice questions. With the Ninja method, do I just ignore the multiple choice questions for now and keep taking notes and watching the videos? I feel like I learn more from the lesson when I work the multiple choice questions after the lecture and reading the material, which is in direct conflict with the Ninja method. Well, you can certainly do the multiple choice questions now, but the point of the Ninja method is that you will have to do them later on as well. So the questions that you work, so you watch lecture one in week one and do multiple choice questions over that chapter one in week one. Well, in week seven or eight, you are not going to remember those questions, and so you are going to have to do them over. So the Ninja Method, it's a time saver. It is a more efficient method of studying. So if it takes you an hour to do 30 multiple choice questions, which is pretty standard in when you're in study mode, maybe longer. So if it takes you an hour to do 30, you will spend that hour again later on down the road. It's redundant. And so while you might feel that you don't understand the material in chapter one until you've done the questions, really you are going to have to do those questions over. So you might as well do them once and do them later. Yi writes in, I passed regulation in 2012, but now I need to pass it again. Is my review material from 2012 still relevant? 
Can I use an updated supplement instead of purchasing all new materials? Well, the bottom line is that you need new 2014 materials. And you can use 2014 materials for assuming that they're updated for July 2014 because the first part of 2015, January through May exams, will cover 2014 tax law, which aside from maybe a few topic additions, which rarely happens at the at the end of the year, um, you should be fine. But back to your question, should you use 2012 material? No, because the difference between a 74 and a 75 could be having the wrong 179 depreciation amounts memorized in a simulation because it, they change. So whether or not you get a brand new course, a full, complete 2014 course, or you just get some supplements that act like a full course, you need 2014 or current year materials. Zubair on Facebook writes, is it possible to complete regulation in two weeks studying full time? (laughs) Is it possible? Yes. Is it recommended? No. Is it going to be fun? Definitely not. (laughs) So yes, it is possible to to complete regulation in two weeks studying full time. But what does studying full time really mean? Uh, It means that your life will be horrible. Horrible. (laughs) You're going to have to study 70 hours a week, including the weekend. So 10 hours a day for two weeks straight. If you can do that, and only you know if you can, if you can realistically do that, then sure, it's possible. Should you do that? No. <laughs> unless unless you, you're just up against a real extreme circumstance where you are going to lose your, your 18-month window in two weeks and you have no choice, but you're taking two weeks off from work, then sure, fine. I mean, you have a lot riding on the on, on passing, you were going to do whatever it takes. Um, but uh, two weeks into 70 hours of, of studying, because 70 hours of studying is not like 70 hours of working like a desk job, because within that 70 hours, we all know there's some inefficiencies with your time. <laughs> but 70 hours of straight up studying, that's that's like, that's hardcore. So yes, it's possible. If you're going to do it, be realistic. You really need to map out and budget your time, like when you're going to take breaks, when are you, when are you going to eat, when you're going to sleep. You want to have the refrigerator stocked with Red Bull or whatever, <laughs> whatever you drink, coffee, tea, water, lots of food um, for that two weeks of of misery. But yes, you can do it, but just know what you're getting yourself into ahead of time. Audrey on Facebook writes, what are some tips on how much and what you should study the last two weeks before a test? Okay, two weeks out from your exam, if you want to, and I, I recommend that you do it, some people just won't do it, but in theory, you have this crazy set of study notes because you've watched your videos and you've taken notes. Well, those notes are only good if you 
rewrite them. I mean, sure, you can flip through them, but if you have a stack of, of legal pads, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna skim, blah, 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 blah. That's great, that's great, this is boring, this is boring. Okay, it's boring stuff. You are going to skim it. So how do you not skim it? You rewrite your notes. It forces you to slow down, absorb the material. So spend a week rewriting your notes. So then that leaves you one week out from your exam. And you need to hit multiple choice questions nonstop. So you start with your weakest topic first and work backwards. So let's say that you're taking financial accounting and reporting and you know that not-for-profit accounting is the bane of your existence and you hate not-for-profit accounting. Well, guess what? It's like 10% of your exam. And so you need to work um, multiple choice questions over not-for-profit accounting until you are scoring in the arbitrary 70%-ish range and then move on. So weakest topics and move, move backwards. So you're scoring 70% and not for, not for profit. Move on to your next weakest topic, governmental accounting, and then bonds, and then whatever else. So, and then a day before your exam, I recommend just, well, and through, through that whole week of, of your multiple choice questions, you are constantly referring back to to your notes that you've, that you've rewritten. You don't go anywhere without carrying your killer stack of rewritten notes with you. I mean, you go everywhere with them. You, you know what I'm saying? Everywhere. So constantly re, read your rewritten notes, constantly do multiple choice questions, and the day before your exam, the morning of your exam, you're still reading your notes, you're still working multiple choice questions right up to the last second before you walk into the exam center. Justin on Facebook writes, I'm studying for BEC using the Wiley book and online test bank and your audio and ninja notes. What is the best strategy or time allocation for reading and doing multiple choice questions? Well, Justin. Well, that sound can only mean one thing. <laughs> that Justin is this week's 10-point combo winner. So I randomly chose someone who had submitted a question either on the forum, uh, Ask Jeff, or Facebook. And Justin was the random winner. So good news, Justin. You don't have to read that book anymore. You now have <clears throat> the Ninja book and the Ninja MCQ. So now, so you now have the Ninja book, um, Ninja MCQ audio and notes for BEC. So what you need to do is start reading the Ninja book. Stop reading the other book because the Ninja book will will drastically cut your study time and will save your sanity because the Ninja BEC book only includes the concepts that have a direct CPA exam application and it doesn't have any of the extra nonsense that you don't need to know for exam day. And plus Ninja MCQ, you can switch over to that and you are going to love it. So Justin, shoot me an email. You know how to get a hold of me. So congrats, Justin. You are the winner of this week's 10-point combo. Another Facebook question. Jeff, I've tried studying with another course. It's one that starts with a B. <laughs> and I've had terrible results. 
Got to be honest, I'm feeling a bit down and defeated. It's my lifelong dream of becoming a CPA. Can you help? Thanks, Justin. Well, Justin, my first question is, how many hours are you studying? So if you're not studying enough, if you're not studying 20 hours a week, then the problem is likely you. So if you're not serious enough about it, then the problem is you. If you are giving 110% and you are studying the right way using the Ninja Framework, then it comes down to your learning style and it's time to make a shift. So maybe your current course doesn't speak to you in a way that another delivery method does. I don't know what your learning style is, but you need to figure that out. Finally, you need to ask yourself, why are you studying for the CPA exam? If this is, if this is a goal that your, that your father has for you or your spouse has for you or your grandfather wants you to be, wants you to be a CPA, well, you're not going to get up, in the, get up early in the morning and study. You're just not. If this is your goal, well, I guess it is your goal because it says it's your lifelong dream of becoming a CPA. <laughs> so this is your goal. So you need to own it. So why do you want to be a CPA? Figure that out and then realize that the CPA exam is the path to obtaining that goal. So you need to do everything within your power to study and get rid of all the nonsense, get rid of get rid of the video games, get rid of Facebook, um, get rid of just any extra drama, get rid of your distractions, take email off of your iPhone, whatever it takes, cancel Netflix, stop watching TV, um, everything that is getting in the way of either distracting you or demotivating you from studying, you need to just cut off from your life and just have tunnel vision, focus, and that's it. Basically, it comes down to getting focused and working hard. That's it. That is the secret to passing the CPA exam. Focus and study hard.
Moving on to Twitter. Now, all of the featured tweets are very nice and complimentary of both my site, myself, and my products. If you have something derogatory to say to me or mean-spirited, you are welcome to tweet it to me um, at another71. And if it's funny, I will probably read it on the air. (laughs) If it makes me sad, I probably won't. Uh, Dubbuck30 says, Your site is the reason I passed. Thank you for all you do for CPA exam candidates. Ninja is the best method. Jimbo Slice writes, Jeff, my score posted. I passed far. You were right about the date. Brooke322 says, Thanks for the multiple choice questions. Passed BEC. The next two exams, those will definitely be utilized. Pretty bummed, but now on top of the world. W. Simmons 0905 says, after five, years of pre- after five years of procrastination, two years of studying, one day of refreshing, I am finally a CPA. Thanks to at Becker and at another 71. Hashtag done. Got Jokes Gaming says, got an 89 on odd auditing. The help and support I got from members on your forum really gave me the confidence to crush that bad boy. Amra K says, thank you at Becker CPA and at another 71 for getting me through this journey. Couldn't have done it without your help. AJ Rajan writes, hi, I'm from India and I'm planning to write my exam in the January, February testing window. I want to know about the auditing standards and IFRS. It's, The simplest answer I can give is to make sure that you get a good course because pretty much any good CPA review course will cover those things. It's it's the auditing clarified standards and IFRS. We know IFRS is going to be on the CPA exam. You have to know it, especially especially the difference between IFRS and GAP. It's on the exam for right now anyway. Who knows in two years if they'll take it off. But um, Eric Eric Bouvilla? writes, Jeff's notes, audio, and MCQs are a lifesaver for the CPA exam. Thank you, Eric. Ground Game 24. Hi, Jeff. Is CPA Ninja meant to be a supplementary to a review course like Becker, or can it, can it be used as standalone? It's both. It's flexible enough to be used as a supplementary material. So you have your super expensive course. Well, you can still use the ninja notes, use them as a cram, use them as your down t- in your downtime. You can use the audio in your car, at the gym, or whatever else you could not be traditionally studying. The flashcards load onto any, pretty much any smartphone or tablet. Ninja MCQ works on, works on most tablets, um, your desktop, and it will truly give you um, a measuring stick for where you stand heading into exam day. And so you can use it as a supplementary tool or as your main course, whichever you want to do. People use it for both. A. Scott 89 on the forum writes, do you think it's possible to study, do you think it's possible to study for an auditing retake in eight weeks or less. I just started studying for my retake and I'm hoping to schedule it for the end of November. I work part-time and my schedule is always changing. Absolutely. Um, I never ever advocate studying for more than eight weeks for any exam and that's usually far because 
after eight weeks, you begin to forget things. You 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 forget what you learned in weeks one and two. And people who stretch their studying out over three months and then vomit, they wonder why. And it's because they studied for too long. So yes, I recommend uh, six to seven to eight weeks for auditing. You just need a plan. And for auditing, uh, maybe 80 to 90 hours to study for it. I think that's what I, re- what I recommend. <laughs> if that's in conflict with the uh, CPA exam study guide, I, I defer to the study guide <laughs> when I was thinking uh, less on the spot. But yeah, somewhere, you know, 70, 80, nah, probably 80 to 90 hours for, for auditing. About 120 for reg, about 130 hours for FAR. These are all arbitrary. Maybe 60, 70 hours for BEC. So 70, 80 hours for auditing sounds about right. Going back to the forum, Goofball writes, how do you stay motivated after spending your whole summer on FAR to find out you pretty much bombed the test? Well, you are probably studying for way too long because you shouldn't study any more than eight weeks on the exam because there is a significant short-term memory component to studying for the exam. So you put in all that time, you're bummed out because you failed. Well, welcome to the CPA exam. You are normal. Now, most people fail at least one exam because the first time pass rate's pretty low. And so how do you stay motivated? The biggest way is to jump back into it and not take any time off because the more time that you take off, you know, the months pass. And uh, I did the same thing when I when I passed far for the first time. It felt like I had passed for this. It felt like I had passed the CPA exam. So I, t- I took a year off, and that was a mistake. That was a huge mistake. <laughs> I took a year off celebrating my my first pass, and then um, so I ended up having to re pass far. And so how do you stay motivated? Jump back into it and just work hard at it. The the best way to take the sting out of the boredom of the exam and out of the and out of the fact that you failed is to jump back in it and just work really hard. And always keep in mind why you want to pass the exam because you want to be more marketable. Maybe you have a raise in store. Um, maybe it's because you want to put it on your business card, whatever your reason is. Keep that in the forefront as you study, and hopefully that will help you to do what it takes, get up early, study at lunch, study at, study late, to sacrifice, because only the people who sacrifice end up being successful on the CPA exam. The people who don't sacrifice end up sacrificing later once they decide that they are tired of failing. In the forum, MJ Ganeer writes, and I hope I'm saying that right. For auditing, what is the best method to get the management assertions, existence, valuation, etc., to stick? What are the specific keywords in the questions that will help identify the correct answer? These can be so tricky. <clears throat> well, on in your forum profile, I see that you have Ninja Notes and Ninja MCQ. Now, I have an acronym for memorizing that, but it's kind of clunky. It's it is hard to memorize them. And so I would, those the two or three pages in the Ninja Auditing Notes where it covers the management assertions, if that is an area that, that you're struggling with, I would read them at least two times a day. Print them out, fold them up in your pocket, and carry them 
everywhere you go. And if you have the Ninja flashcards, just go over them nonstop. And really get it to where you can you can write them down. If if you want to memorize the management assertions, write them down. Just look them over a whole bunch of times and be able to write them out on a legal pad. Now, you also have the Ninja MTQ and there are 32 questions in Ninja MTQ that pertain to this exact topic to where you can see the exam application for the management assertions. And to get to that, you log into your Autodine Ninja MCQ and go to Custom Plus Sims, click Objective Questions, and they are under Category 2, which is Autodine and Attestation, Understanding the Entity and its Environment, including Internal Control, and Subtopic H, Assess and Document the Risk of Material Misstatements. Well, that does it for this edition of CPA Reviewed. Man, this has been, I went from doing no podcasts to doing (laughs) nearly an hour. I hope this has been helpful to you. If you have questions for the next podcast, go to another71.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner, click Ask Jeff, and your question will hopefully make it to the the next edition of CPA Reviewed. Not all questions make it. But if your question is selected, then you will be in the running for a 10-point combo section of your choice. And as always, make sure that you like Another 71 and the Ninjas on Facebook so that you know when the next podcast is so you can enter your question and also watch the forum. Thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time, be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon. The sky.